computer. This is data. I'm an android. I'm a... basketball? I was processing all of the information. Processing. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Rangers pick basketball? Analytics was crap. Does not compute. Just because you got good stats doesn't mean you're a good team. Hello and welcome back to the Lakers Exceptionalism Podcast. My name is Tom Z, joined as always by Tim, aka Cranges McBasketball. And Tim, I know it's been a couple of weeks since we were able to pod, trying to figure out each other's schedules as we try and take some time off here in the off season. And um, let me throw a couple things at you uh, that happened since we last potted. LeBron James signed a a one plus one, like $97 million extension. He does have a player option on that second year, but we talked a little bit about it. We weren't super uh, worried that he would be leaving or anything like that. Uh, We also have the report that Darvin Ham and LeBron James are interested in running the offense through Anthony Davis, which... It's not what I was expecting to be on the docket at this time, but it's an interesting thought experiment. And then finally, and more, most recently, um, the status quo has reverted back to Brooklyn, just big Brooklyn with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. And, and nothing happened. Nothing to see here, folks. All of your Kyrie trade machine uh, manipulations are out the window. So I don't know. Pit, pit, Talk to me, Tim. Pick something out of that that uh, that stands out to you. Give me a hot take here at the top. Well, 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 well. Here we are, folks. Who we here we are. Look, look who's left. Indiana's left. We uh, got you prepared for this moment, and now you know what. Are you, what else are you gonna do? You may not like it. What else are you gonna do, huh? Like <laughs> buy well, into the trade. Do it. Damn, this is this is a little <laughs> bit like forced uh, persuasion. <laughs> I learned more like uh, open it. and like willing it. persuasion. Like it? No, I don't it, like where this is going. Um, no, I. <laughs> it's so you listed some good news, some bad news, some uh, an interesting thought experiment being the way you described the Lakers' game plan offensively is. I was being generous. The most promising. I was trying to be generous. Uh, <laughs> I guess we can start with the Kyrie thing. And the KD thing, KD changing his mind and and wanting to stay uh, at least to start the season. And then maybe they move him during the year or something if it doesn't go well. Like, (sighs) (laughs) it's so annoying. Just decide something. Just just pick a position. What kind of, I don't know, man. That's such a weird relationship he's now going to have with his uh, teammates and his coaching staff in the front with, office. Yeah, with the people he tried to get fired. Yeah, like that sounds horrible. It sounds like, uh, <laughs> like, um, have you watched Succession? Yeah. Okay, the, you know exactly what I'm thinking of. Oh, absolutely. Where, um, where like, for the folks who haven't watched, the son, well, actually, I guess I shouldn't spoil anything. This this happened. This kind of happened. Um, it's backstabbing, it's folks. It's yeah, nothing there was some like backstabbing. Crazy. And then the family came back together, but in an awkward way. Hashtag Team um, Tom, forever and always. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> That's a succession not, joke, not myself, not myself. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, but I, I saw so many of those memes going around that KD, you know, tried to do what other superstars have done and just didn't even know how to do that. Like, this man just knows how to play basketball and, like, <laughs> nothing else regarding, like, the political or, you know... 
interpersonal dynamics of getting what you want as a superstar. Kind of funny. He's just a hooper, man. He's he's just a hooper. Nothing but buckets. Um, nothing but buckets. And yeah, so I, that, as amusing as that is, it means, I mean, the Lakers aren't getting Kyrie. And the only way they would have gotten Kyrie, like if KD had left and Brooklyn decided to rebuild is like, okay, they can take back Russell Westbrook. He's not what they want, but like, they're not trying to compete, so it doesn't matter if if they were in that kind of position. But KD's around, so they definitely want to compete. And they were already talking about wanting win now, win now pieces. So you need to unload Russell Westbrook, get Kyrie, and find a third team that has win now pieces to give to Brooklyn. And what do they get? So like that, it, that's just not going to happen at this point. Um, so that's unfortunate. But as unfortunate as it is, I think the better potentially of the two possible trade routes for the Lakers between Brooklyn and Indy might be the last option standing. And that to me is interesting. Um, well, what about think, the Utah situation, Tim? Because there are also reports of the Lakers getting involved with that Utah, New York, uh, Donovan Mitchell trade, perhaps. Is that yeah. like, we did talk about that trade and we weren't super high on it. Have you changed your mind or like, as the options start fading, has it become more palatable for you? Uh, well, so this time I'm going to call Bogdanovich Bogdanovich instead of Joe Ingles, um, <laughs> which I made the mistake of uh, once or twice. Uh I don't, it's, it's like you get shooting, you get offense. I don't like the defense. I, I think it hurts the defense, if anything. So to ultimately going th those routes makes you a better basketball team. But I, I feel safely does not make you a contender. We've seen what it looks like to have Jordan Clarkson or Boyan yeah. Bogdanovich or even Mike Conley, like looking at his data, looking at his data and him aging, like, He's been able to be okay in the regular season, but with really, really clear vulnerabilities that we see targeted in the playoffs. Um, so it's it's neat to see the data align with the film on that. So I just I don't see how you look at <laughs> like this crumbling house that Rudy Gobert was trying to hold up uh, defensively and just apply it to this situation in LA and just say like, all right, AD, like <laughs> we want to really up the game for you this year. Uh, as bad as last year was, we're going to make it worse. I just I don't see how that leads to contention. So if that's the only option left, I'd rather just stand pat, I guess, and and bite the bullet. It's going to stink. Uh, but that trade doesn't make you a contender. Maybe you find something in season, but that's not it. So I think the, the Pacers deal is the best deal we can expect at this point. And neither of those guys are perfect. Both of them have weaknesses in their game. We've, we're not going to dig into it super deep. We've done it before. But like Turner as a defensive rebounder is weaker that's okay. It's not a huge thing. Um, like he still had an elite defensive impact for seasons and seasons. And we've got other guys on this team that are really good defensively from a re rebounding standpoint, whether it's LeBron or ED or Trey Brown Jr. for his position. JTA is not too bad. Um, like we've got some guys that can help mitigate that. Or I've heard people say like, well, uh, Miles Turner, so the rebounding. And then the other thing with him was that he... What's his other big weakness? I was just tweeting about it. Miles Turner? Rebounding? Yeah. Uh, yeah, rebounding. And then, holy crap, I'm drawing a complete blank. I thought I, I was like confused if you were asking a rhetorical question or not. No. You usually just like stop talking. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's I totally just messing up our flow, Tim. Yeah. Uh, oh, his post defense. His post oh, defense no, is not terrible. post defense. 
Yeah, the, I it's it's a real shame. I, Tom, I don't think the Lakers are going to win the 2012 NBA championship if they trade for Miles Turner. <laughs> it's the 2012 championship. And they're definitely not winning the 2012 championship without a post defender. Yeah, 2022 20, is another question. Yeah, um, the game has changed. Right. That's funny. You doing okay, the buddy? Game, we're but, not like <laughs> we're working little, you too hard. Oh man, it's been a. I, I just a little rusty, I guess. The game is it has been a It should be one of those Kurt Goldsberry tweets, but instead of a shot chart, it'll just be Miles Turner's face. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. So I, I don't know. There are concerns with him. Buddy Hield's bad defensively. He's he's basically Malik Monk or Lonnie Walker defensively. And how could we ever pallet those players on this Lakers team? Um, I don't know. The, there are issues with these guys, but it's. I mean, you're you're, you're you're bringing up like the straw man and and i i appreciate that you do because i'm just so annoyed of the the stuff i see on twitter because i'm you know obviously since our pod we've been team indie trade i think at least i have been pretty vocally in favor of that and people tweeting at me that both turner and healed aren't you know uh crunch time closing five players in the playoffs they're not 16 game players they're maybe 82 game players and like that remains to be seen it's not proved one way or another. I kind of disagree with the um, fundamental argument that they are fundamentally unplayable because they've never played with these players before. and We haven't Mm -hmm. seen it. So you can't say it it doesn't work. I think the theory of it, as you point out, Tim, does work. And something I saw you tweeting about like yesterday or a couple days ago was just how frustrating it is to hear uh, fans parroting AD needs to play at the five without really understanding why AD should play at the five and under what circumstances they just think that this hyper mobile five will, you know, be best utilized at that position without considering the other pieces surrounding him. Like it's all, like, he's definitely better there no matter what. And that's just not true, right? Like that's, if there's no spacing in those one through four positions, it doesn't matter if he's going to be at the five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, def- the yeah. real benefit for AD at playing center, it's not defensively. And I, I hear people point this out every season of his career. If you go look at cleaning the glass and you look at the, the team performance with him playing at different positions, every single season of his career, other than the title year, where he had Markeith Morris, LeBron James, Danny Green, Avery Bradley, KCP, a lot of these guys who were able to play bigger than their position. Um, and, and it was a pretty switchable group. Every other season he's been, and his team has been more effective with him playing power forward. And we know why. We watch him and we see him be such an elite helper, rotating over, defending the rim, taking away 2v1s on the weak side. Like all those things he's really good at translates and, and that's what the numbers say offensively is really where ad at the five has been like unlocking his game for him and at the team level because for most of the seasons of his career it's been removing a non-shooter from the court and allowing him to go attack whether it be driving or other players driving or ad posting up without another dude standing 10 feet away from him um and giving more space for him and his teammates to attack you get that effect when you have Marcus on your team. And we saw that. And we saw AD at the power forward position still be really, really effective. And we saw how good those that starting lineup for that group was. Not because Marcus was a great basketball player, just because Marcus played a role that opened up AD and LeBron to succeed. 
And Marcus had real issues defensively that held down that lineup a bit. And with this Miles Turner route, you get some of that shooting while you also have really strong defense and you allow AD to play power forward. So it's the best of both worlds. And it's it's frustrating. I, I get it if like the national media was saying it or like other teams fans were saying it. Our fans should know why it works or not, right? Like, and and so that's frustrating to me or, or people in talking about any of these players just like base their perspective off of watching three games of somebody or five games of somebody like we appreciate and we dig into the growth that players have during the season for our own team yet analyze other players for other teams and have no expectation of growth and just say, Oh, okay, this guy is who he, who I think he is for me watching three of his games every game of the year for every season of his career. And that's just not reality. So that's where like actually, you know, doing the legwork and watching the film or looking at the data or ideally doing both can help get a more clear perspective. And I don't know, I'm trying to have discussion with people on Twitter and just the fallback. I don't know how to actually talk with somebody response is just, Oh, we'll go watch more basketball. Yeah. Watch the film. It's just a bunch of people telling each other to watch the film and nobody's actually watching the film. So it's, it's just such not a fun place to be sometimes, but uh, if they make this trade, I think the Lakers and Laker fandom will be a bit more fun of a place to be. I again, I stand by my standing of this trade. I think Miles Turner from a like a basketball. Um, construction team composition theory perspective again in my opinion it's like one of the best people that you can pair next to Anthony Davis and whether or not that is a viable 16 game option I don't know because there are personal dynamics and other factors at play besides those two guys but the fact is they fit together extremely well and in playoff defensive situations with a team that has great shooting, it's going to be easier to mitigate AD's defensive impact because he's going to be in the wing. He's They're mm-hmm. going to hide him. They're not going to put him in pick and rolls. They're going to stretch him out. And that's where still the league is going outside of a few exceptions, right? In some of these post out offenses that even that like Denver still kind of plays like five, like four and a half out a lot of times. <laughs> you know what I mean? With yeah. him kind of rotating between the post and the three-point line. Yep. And a lot of the hesitancy I see with the trade is also stuff that like, look, what are the other options? What If you're upset with Buddy Heald's defense, you can't by any means like the New York or, or Utah options then, right? Okay, what about <laughs> so, Charlotte? We haven't talked about them in a minute, but I see people bring them up a lot too. That's something that we haven't talked about in a bit because there hasn't been any – Right. progress or dialogue with the teams. Um, I think in theory, like if that were to kickstart again, I, I think there are some options there where you bring in some decent defenders potentially. But uh, the theory of why that trade makes sense with Charlotte is still the same, right? Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. I think it could still make sense from the perspective of both teams. And I think that right. is, if a, if another option were to pop up in the next week, I think that's the most likely one to pop up. Um, and it would, it would behoove the Lakers to go see if they can make that work. But as it stands right now, if you're upset with Buddy Heald's defense, I, like what a, <laughs> the other options don't look great from that perspective. Or if you're upset with Miles Turner's defensive rebounding, go look at Thomas Bryant's defensive rebounding numbers. Go look at Damian Jones's defensive rebounding numbers. Um, look at the team defensive rebounding numbers when AD plays the five. Like it's not 
ideal, but it's better than where you are right now, even if it's maybe not perfect. I think people are looking for perfection when it's not going to be there, no matter what route they go, whether they make a trade or don't make a trade. So I, I think you, once you free yourself from looking for, you know, in my perfect world, what does two first round picks get me? I think you can, you know, looking at the options more easily land on being interested in that Pacers route. And to your point, like, I don't know, Miles, if Miles Turner plays 35 minutes a game, uh, I don't I don't know if I care if he's out there for the last three minutes of the game. But looking at his career, like it's not that he's unplayable. He's been a fine perimeter defender. He it's not that he's the most mobile defensive center. And I've learned this more and more watching his film. It's he's an effective perimeter defender because of his interior defense. He can give you more of a cushion. He can, you know, take an extra half step back and put himself in a better position to recover on a drive because he knows if you pull up, he's still going to be able to heavily contest that shot in a way that a lot of other players can't because he has quick reaction, good footwork, and really, really good length. So he can play off of guys while still contesting the perimeter shots really well. And I posted a bunch of clips yesterday of him reacting really well to like step backs and pull-ups and things like that, where his change of direction is much, much better than we're used to with uh, DeAndre Jordan or Dwight Howard or Marcus Saul or guys like that. So he's better in that way. And then also, if you do get by him, he's it's not over. <laughs> it's not over at that point. He flips his hips. He's a great he, recoverer. Yeah. He's such a good recoverer. So yeah. in those ways- And it's ways, always AD. To have two of mm-hmm. those guys cycling in and out of the strong and weak side, going up and down, like like perimeter, baseline, to have two of those pieces floating around each other, it's just like- it just makes sense. I'm sorry to interrupt mm-hmm. you. No, no, you're right. I, I, I was that was about that was where I was going to go next. Like it's a tremendous fit defensively, and it makes it so much easier to absorb an extra negative defender, which is what what yeah. heel would be. Um, so in that way, like the the fit and how the strengths and weaknesses lead to impact is really really enticing to me because you can point at things he's bad at, but you have to understand okay for those things he's bad at, how much does that matter? You're not going to find someone who's great at everything. You're going to find guys who have weaknesses. For the weaknesses, how do we make them not matter as much? For the Lakers team as constructed, are we able to mitigate the weaknesses and magnify the strengths or vice versa? Um, And and so that's where, you know, really analyzing the situation and the skill sets, I think you're going to have such a high degree of synergy between the skill sets. And that's going to lead to the whole being greater than the sum of the parts. Yep. It's and again, so like to your point, Miles Turner and Anthony Davis, in some small way, mitigate the negatives of having Buddy Healed on the court defensively. Mm-hmm. The positives of Buddy Healed on offense supplement and add to the sum of Anthony Davis and LeBron James on offense. Yep, as do Miles Turner's perimeter shooting as well, but Buddy Healed to a much much greater degree. And so float a fifth starter into that lineup for me. Is it none? Is it Reeves who we've heard, you know, I think Yo- I think Austin Reeves needs to like send Jovan Buha a check because that <laughs> man has been standing professionally and uh, reporting well. I think he will be in the closing lineup. But do you think Reeves will be that fifth guy? I think so. And I think he should be. And yeah, the, only, I agree. the only way that's not the case is if Austin's not hitting his threes. If right. he isn't adding the spacing and he is a more just he adds good point of attack defense, but not as much offensively. I think you can make the case for Kendrick Nunn. If healthy is the asterisk that should always be next to Kendrick Nunn's 
name right. um, and will continue to be there until he he actually plays. Because so, in that instance, none's a worse defender, but he's an okay defender and he has a good bit more offensively. So, but I think a Reeves heel LeBron 80 Turner defensive lineup would be really good defensively and offensively would provide a good bit of spacing. Uh, assuming Austin's three-point shot translates the way I think both of us think it will. Like that's, that's a group that's going to be really good. And then looking beyond it, when you take 80 off the court and you throw JTA in there or Stanley Johnson in there or Wendy Gabriel Gabriel in there, that still looks good. If you take Reeves out and you throw none in there, it still, still looks good. If you take healed out, slide Reeves to the two and put none in there, it still looks good. Like there are so many combinations that yeah. make sense on both ends of the court in a way that looking at some of the other trade routes and Brooklyn was one of them. Actually doing like going into the the uh, rotation tool I created and trying to like make 48 minutes of like good lineups was much, much harder with that route. I think some of the peaks of the better lineups with Kyrie, LeBron and AD might be better than what you could do with the indie route. But I don't think for 48 minutes you can you can really get there because with this pacer trade, you can have elite rim protection for 48 total minutes um, and you can have like literally the best room protection for whatever that degree of overlap is with, with Turner and AD combined. We talked about it. I encourage you guys to go back and listen to our, why the indie trade needs to happen pod. Um, we got a lot of good feedback out of that one. Felt like a really good conversation that was a little bit deeper into what this team could be, uh, what kind of ceiling that team has. And in, in my opinion, still the highest ceiling of all the options left uh, with Kyrie officially off the table. But, you know, it we're, we're still here mid late August talking about roster moves instead of kind of previewing what this team should be. Uh, and I think we should talk a little, I wanted to kind of bring up the opening schedule uh, was released or the whole schedule was released, but the Lakers overall schedule is pretty tough in the first month or two and doesn't, kind of lighten up until I would say after the trade deadline. So let's take a quick break here, Tim, and then we'll shift topics and talk a little about the schedule and some other things. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so I have the opening schedule here, Tim. I'm going to read you the first 15 or so games and uh, you tell me how you feel with, and granted, this is with Russell Westbrook. So give me a record. We're going to go through these games. Okay, Tim? Okay. At Golden State. Loss. Uh, home Clippers. Loss. <laughs> home Blazers. <laughs> I mean, no, you're right. I agree. <laughs> but that's their first. I could see them winning this game against the Blazers. New look team. They're still figuring out their... Uh, you know, roles, schemes, Chauncey Billups had a rough first year. I would say that that's a win. I think I, I could see it being an L. Yeah. But. They're a better team than they were last year, but, or they will be a better team than they were this past year. But I, I think the Lakers take that one. Okay. So they're one and two going at Denver. See, this is the stretch here. These three games, maybe these next four games where you might leave this and go, oh crap, like this won't work. Because Are we going to be two and six? Because you got like, at Denver, at Minnesota, against Denver, and then against New Orleans, and like that's kind of like the middle to middle upper tier of the West standings, and you get a really quick look at whether this team has a chance to compete with those groups. Because Denver's going to be better than they were this last year, and I think there's a good. And chance. They're already good, better than the Lakers to begin with. Yeah, the, without two of their three best players. Yeah, I, I think I think the Lakers lose all three of these games in a row. Yeah. Well, Minnesota, to your point, they're going to be a new look as well, That's but true. they are going to have a great kind of foundation in defensive improvement. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what they do, how early they are going to be better. Yeah. Uh, defensively. Yeah. You're, so, you're going to see AD like blow by Carl Anthony Towns and then have to face Rudy Gobert at the rim. And then it's like, you know, crap. <laughs> now we're going to try and watch Austin Reeves guard Anthony Edwards mm-hmm. while he goes for like 40 or like, I'm not trying to be an anti-exceptionalist. We need to bring exceptionalism back to this pod, but I'm just being real. Uh, so what is that? We have, I think, oh, and three in that stretch. So the Lakers are one in five, five now at this point. Then they go to New Orleans or no in LA against New Orleans. I could see that being a W again. This is, Around the same caliber of the team as the Lakers right now? Yeah, they're around the same caliber team. I mean, they were around the same caliber team the Lakers were last year. The Lakers should be right. better. That's what I mean. New Orleans is going right. to be a good bit better as well. If, you know, if Zion's right. playing and he's healthy, if, like that dude's a monster at getting to the rim. So I can see that going either way. That's not one that I'm like, oh, yeah, we'll win that. Like, this is a, this game's in doubt for me. Let's give it to them to be <laughs> to be kind because <laughs> yeah, we yeah. haven't given them any. Right, this one's they more could of a win some of these other I think ones. They'll win this. One. Yeah, yep. So they're they're two and six. three and five. Two and, five? Uh, two and five. You're right. I'm sorry. Two and five, going to Utah or at 
LA against Utah. Win. So that's like, well, if Donovan Mitchell's still there, mm-hmm. they don't make any kind of trade. They like that's a trap game to me. One of these Utah games is a trap game. Are there game. trap games for two and five teams? <laughs> like <laughs> hey, they're really looking ahead for that whole oh, Cleveland matchup. Damn. That one hurt me. So <laughs> right. So they're in LA against Utah. Mm-hmm. Then they're in LA against Cleveland, who we all know is a young, up and coming, talented, feisty team. Played the Lakers well last year. Then at Utah. So let's give them two of those, I think. So they're they're improving. They're they're mm-hmm. roughly four and six, Tim, ten games in. Then they're going to Loss. at Clippers, probably another L. Uh, home for Sacramento. Sacramento might be probably a, a win. A little frisky this We're year, but five I, I and think seven. And then mm-hmm. we have home for Brooklyn. <laughs> so no fucking idea. So let's think about this. Who's gonna win if, that game? So to convince KD to stay and like give it a shot, I would imagine the Nets are in a position similar to the Lakers, where like, all right, it's time to pony up and see if we can make a move. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see them reach out to Charlotte or we see them reach out to the Pacers or we see them reach out to Utah or New York and try to get some win-now pieces from those teams to help bolster what they have going on. They already added Royce O'Neal. I think he's a good add for them. I'm going to guess that Brooklyn isn't done this offseason and that the commitment of KD to giving this a shot means that more is on the way for them. Um, which can also be like a really sad game as a Lakers fan to watch like Kyrie, KD, and then like Pat Beverly and like Miles Turner or something like that be on the other side. Like that would suck. That would suck so hard, Tom. That would, that would be awful. It's, 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 it's within the realm of the possible. We'll see what it looks like, but, uh, I, I don't think Brooklyn's done. So I feel it might be hard to predict. Okay. This. Uh, let's, let's. Be okay. realistic and probably say an L. Yeah. Right? Five and eight. And then your 15th game, That's, I believe, Detroit. Oh, no. There's Detroit and San Antonio, both at both home. Both wins. Probably both wins. But Detroit's a young team. They've got talent. Um, so let's say, what, seven and eight, Tim. That was our – that's what we're looking at here in our first mm-hmm. 15 games, if we're being realistic. Now, let's say they beat Denver or they beat – the Clippers, one of these times, split it. You're pushing to nine and six. That's if you're feeling fucking good. Mm-hmm. That's a great start with this schedule for this team. If you go in nine and six in the first 15, I think you feel pretty good, but not for good reasons. You know, like like building on bad yeah, foundation. It's it's a tough way to start the season and and really know how you stack up because you should have more losses than some of these other teams in the standings just because how the schedule looks and the way this team looks game one might be very different than how it looks game 82. So that doesn't mean the season's over things like that. But if the team does start the year with Russell Westbrook and it's going this poorly, you might start, you might, you know, stop seeing, you know, a Darvin Ham honeymoon. You might see the boo birds in LA for Russ and you might see the team like maybe, maybe send them home. Like they I don't send know. Him? I don't think this is a team that's going to take well to just not playing well and not, you know, being that being received well. I think it helps them that after this stretch of game, so towards the end of the stretch, you've got home at Sacramento, home, Brooklyn, home, Detroit, 
home San Antonio. I think you went through the four of those and then you are away for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of the next 11 games. So during this period where your record is poor and you're probably also going to lose a fair bit of games, you're at least not at home. So that might make it a little bit more palatable, but you're still not going to end that stretch with a great record either. But it does lighten up from there. So if they made a trade, or sorry, not a trade, but if they made a roster move and then went on the road and tried to figure themselves out, they might be able to get back <clears> home <throat> with a better record with some momentum and then win the win the crowd back. Yeah, it's tough. And like here, here, here's like the last month or so of the schedule, just so you guys get a taste of what I'm talking about, where it does start to lighten up a little at Houston home for Dallas, Orlando, Phoenix, Oklahoma city, Chicago at Chicago at Minnesota at Houston at Utah at Clippers home for Phoenix and Utah. So there's a lot of middling teams, tanking teams, young teams, um, your Oklahoma cities, Orlando's, Houston's, Utah's, but there are some big games against, uh, you know, division rivals in there as well, as there always is at the end of the schedule. But if you are in a decent place here, um, it, it's basically the opposite schedule that you want when you still have Russell Westbrook on your team. You would be hoping for a easy early schedule. And by the time things start to ramp up, you've exhausted all your options and or traded him for whatever you think is marginally better at the time uh, yeah. as you ramp up toward the end of the season. But it's the other <laughs> way around. There's a chance start over the tough. first 15 games of the year, the Lakers have more national TV games than they have wins. <laughs> wins. Uh, one, How many two, times are they on so TV? They got two ESPN, like 10, two TNC, and NBA TV, which I don't know if we count that. Uh, the away Phoenix games at TNC, and I think that's that might be just past the cutoff. Okay, so never mind. That that would only be like five wins or five national TV games. I mean, if they're going to blow up, it's going to be big in national public news right out of the gate. So there's already that, you know, unrealistic pressure to uh, perform above expectation early on. Like they need to restart the narrative in whatever they, way they can if they really think they can just keep going yeah. forward with this Let's play a game, Tom. Plan. Can you guess which, and I don't know, I don't know how accurate these numbers are, but this is uh, looking at vivid seat data from the ESPN website. Can you guess which game the Lakers play where the ticket price is currently the lowest? Uh, in Los uh, Angeles? Just, um, yes, in LA. I would say the Det Det Detroit game. Is it the, the oh, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. It's a trick question. No, it's not. It's actually, the Clippers it's, home it's game. against the Kings, January 18th <laughs> on a Wednesday night. $38 for a ticket in, you know, at home wow. for the Lakers. Yeah, that's a little. That's ridiculous. That's like a lower bowl <laughs> Clippers ticket. That's right. Let's see. What's the most expensive game? Um. All right. Well, currently the most expensive game is the first game of the year, which makes sense. At Golden State, right. that's going to be. That might be. That might be bloody. <laughs> it's that's okay. ring night. That's ring night, and that's it might be a blowout. Night. Oh okay, yeah, so we'll see. Right. So 
you know, it's going to be ugly, man. I don't have too much more on the news. Um, LeBron James signing didn't surprise me. Not surprised he got a player mm -hmm. option. Wasn't super worried yeah. about it. If anything, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I think you can play this a lot of different ways. Like he's he's on the books, so he's done his part. I would imagine to get him to do so, the team, or he probably pressured the team to commit to making some sort of deal or trade or something like that, or a move by a certain time frame. Maybe um, if he didn't do that, I don't necessarily think they like owe him anything per se. I think they should still do what's in their best interest, big picture. But I, I, you know, my current stance is, is that move is the Pacers trade. Uh, so we'll see what that looks like. But it's good to to know we've got him around for at least another another little bit, and then that additional option at the end can go a bunch of different ways. Well, it can go two ways, but uh, you never know. It, it depends how the team's looking at the time, and then how uh, Bronny's looking at the time as well. Yep. And then the, you know, Kyrie trade and kind of, I don't know, never really super expected it. We talked about the Kevin Durant trade being tied to that. So that needed to happen, mm -hmm. which it did not. What about the uh, AD center of the offense comment? Uh, I think, I try to take these um, reports with a grain of salt with like the way it's phrased. I can see a conversation where they talking about maybe being more deliberate with running the offense through AD, like rather than dumping it into him and expecting him to do stuff and while nothing happens on the weak side. So I think it's more of like speaking about the other like ways we're getting him the ball or the ways we're utilizing people around him while he hmm. has the ball. That's the way I re read that stuff because, but I have no, I don't know. That's yeah. kind of just like I almost my think connotation the opposite with it. the wording when, when they like, talk about, it's not like get him more involved or hmm. get him just like more shots. It's like running, run the offense through him. To me, when you're running the offense through someone, that's some mix of like on ball offensive engine kinds of stuff, whether it's ball screens, which isn't his thing. It's not going to be right. it. ISO on the perimeter, which could be it. Post-ups, which could be it. I think that's that's what I'm expecting more of, which I don't know is the best solution. I think the best version of it will mean that the Lakers have better spacing than the roster currently looks like it has. And hopefully, to your point, they've got more of that stuff going on weak side off ball to create more, you know, pull defenders away from 80 and give them more space to attack through some, you know, off ball gravity of off ball screens or cuts or things like that. So I'm a little nervous about that. I also see this as what the third season in a row, you can look at like what LeBron had potential interest in the team doing from a, like a, a roster move standpoint or an emphasis standpoint. And it almost looks like, like he's anticipating he's going to be worse. And once someone else taking more of that burden, whether it was them bringing right. in Schroeder, like just year off season after off season, we've seen this team move further and further from Bron and AD are the stars. And we've got a good supporting cast of connector pieces that play defense and shoot threes and, and adding more scoring, adding more on ball playmaking. This feels that same way. It's not necessarily a roster move or a trade or a signing, but it's in that same vein of like, Ron's anticipating his transition into like late career old man LeBron James offensively, um, which 
Well, and it it could be stemming from Ham's experience with Giannis as well, trying to make Anthony Davis into or put him into more situations that Giannis is in as like the pick and roll ball handler. Right. So little things like that, maybe that's what he means, you know, like molding his his game in a in a way that sets up an athletic, you know, multi-skilled offensive player to have different opportunities. It, it could be in a lot of things. We don't know exactly what yeah, that means Yeah, I'd agree yet. with that. And we don't – because Ham was more on the defensive end, it's also hard to know exactly what the offense is going to look like. I know from watching like Chris Gent film with his teams, like I anticipate better like setting up of post-ups and action after the ball's in the post during post-ups. And I feel good about that. I, I feel good about like them attacking aggressive coverages and like getting AD downhill as a roller and taking away tag men and things like that. Um so we still have to see how that materializes. And then Jordan Ott, who we haven't really touched on at all, and I still want to dig a little bit more into from, from Brooklyn. What is What do those three minds end up coming up with offensively? Is still TBD, I'd say. Um, looking at Giannis's like synergy profile and the play types he uses, his top half-court play types were ISO and then post-up and then spot-ups, then uh, cuts and dump-offs, then roll man possessions, and then to, to your point, he ran 121 pick and roll ball handler, or he had 120 pick and roll ball handler scoring possessions uh, and then putbacks, then handoffs, then off screen. So ISO and post up, I think that could, and then spot up, then then constant up offs, then roll man. I think those top five are probably going to be AD's top five in some, in some order. So I can see him being used similar to, similarly to Giannis. Yeah, we. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what that means yet. I saw that report, and I think your read on LeBron kind of um, trying to purposely, actively manage taking a step back rather than, you know, reacting after the fact when he's lost the step and when he stamina's not there, when he's, you know, putting miles on that could lead to injury. This is a proactive, mm-hmm. yeah, step back, I think, uh, tactical move. This is how I read it, along with the coaching staff. Uh, that doesn't really have any specifics just yet, but yeah. you just wait. In crunch time, when they need a bucket, it's still going to be LeBron. You know, How much can he do it? How long mm-hmm. can it last? And I think another, that's another uh, thing. One that last thing with that seen. is if we do expect more um, of the offense to be run through so, AD, how do we manage his defensive load better so that he can be an effective first option for maybe not all the game, like you're saying, mm-hmm. but yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe get Miles Turner or get Miles you know, Turner? also, you know, certainly viable is go grab a bunch of poor defenders from uh from other teams and and see how that works yeah that'll be great we love that that'll work yeah that'll work that'll work speaking of assholes for putting this roster together am i the asshole time tim great segue not forced at all tim i'm gonna read you an am i the asshole post from reddit this is basketball themed again i'm ready And you give me your take on it, okay? You ready? Okay. Am I the asshole for playing basketball past 6 p.m.? Okay, so I live in a suburban neighborhood, and up until recently, I've never had a problem with neighbors. I suffer from mental health issues that cause my attention to wander. And one day, one way I deal with it is by playing basketball in my driveway while listening to music. I've been doing this for years without any problems. The other day at about 8 p.m., my old male neighbor 
came around and asked to talk to my dad. I'm 18 and my dad wasn't home, so I asked if I or my mom could help. He refused to talk to me and demanded to talk with my father. Turns out he was complaining about my playing basketball and asked if I could not play after 7 p.m. I was annoyed that he couldn't just tell me to my face, but put that aside and agreed this was reasonable. I stopped playing after 7 and everything was fine, until today, at 6 p.m., which in the country I live in is a perfectly reasonable time to be making noise in your own private property. This old man starts yelling at me over the fence. He says, stop that god-awful bouncing and make her stop to my dad. It's like the war on Ukraine, how invasive it is. I found this last statement particularly offensive coming from an old white man in a wealthy-ish neighborhood in one of the safest countries in the world. I stopped and went inside and told my dad, and we had a laugh about it, but it really pissed me off. I understand wanting quiet past a certain point, but it wasn't even dark yet. (laughs) And I think his comparison was way out of line. I could see he's trying to force me to stop altogether, which would have potentially a very bad effect on my mental health. Am I the asshole for doing something I enjoy on my own property? I want to be able to see this objectively because I would hate to be causing reasonable people discomfort. I think I think what do this you think, individual Tim? who is Are playing basketball asshole? is not the asshole. And and we, we do have an asshole here. I think we definitely have an asshole. Uh, she. she. Whoa, whoa. But he's basically Russia. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, oh, sorry, no, I'm sorry. No she. Yes. I, um, there's only a couple pronouns of that. That's my mistake. <laughs> I, she's been watching too uh, much Russell Westbrook she's an uh, asshole. tape and she's, she's trying Russia. to work on those backboard shots. And <laughs> oh my God. And just clanging them. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. I, that's what a horrendous comparison uh, to draw. Um, what a funny thing that this old man was so uncomfortable <laughs> with talking to an 18 year old or her mother that he like demanded to speak to a man. Like, <laughs> come on, man. Jesus. Uh, I have no problem with this. Yeah. I, had a basketball hoop outside of my home yep. growing up and would shoot around and would, you know, listen to music. And I don't know. It's so relaxing. so calming. Even to this day, like one of my favorite things is like, if you can give me a hoop and an empty court and just let me, you know, do my thing. That's so relaxing to me. It's like an easy time to just like do something repetitive. It's so like constructive towards your game while being able to like think things through or just relax or listen to music. Um, if they were like listening to like, if they were like blasting music, I think I'd have more of a problem with that maybe, but just like a ball bouncing and shooting, like come on, 6 PM, 7 PM. Um, so I don't have an issue with the time here. This is like, people were like, not even, I don't know. Some people haven't even eaten dinner yet. Some people haven't gotten home yet. Uh, so this, this is, this is no problem to me. I think if it were like 11 or maybe 10, I could understand it. At a certain point, it gets dark, and then, and then, uh, past nine. Yeah, past dark. Uh, past dark. Sense. Like when people are sleeping. I agree. Okay. Past dark. Um, I, and actually, it's funny you mentioned nine. Nine is the the time of day that my family raised me to. It was like they uh, the like don't call someone on the phone after nine o'clock. Uh, I don't know if that's like a common thing or not. Right, right, right. Yeah, um, but at that point, unless like, it's like an you know, emergency, we're gonna mind yeah, yeah, our own yeah, business yeah. Yes. and let other people like sleep or do whatever they need to do. So, uh, yes, if it were later, sure. Um, I don't think the, the way the guy handled it was <laughs> was tactful or or smart or good. Um, 
But nah, nah. This was easy for me. Tim, can I point uh, <laughs> an alternative? Now, of course, OP, she is not an asshole. Okay. I agree with you. I just want to play devil's advocate for the lols, okay? Have you considered that this individual might be a veteran of the Russia-Ukraine war? And the bouncing ball might somehow flat. Like, maybe not, maybe not that way. Let, let's see. Let's see a different war. Let's see a different of, war of mortar fire. Because <laughs> this one's happening now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, fine. I'll say the first Russia Ukraine. There's so many. No. Okay. But like jokes aside, I do try to put myself in other people's position as often as possible, whether I agree with them or not. This could be. Like a repeating noise thing mm. can trigger like post-traumatic stress. It can trigger anxiety, mm-hmm. um, like even something down to like a smoke alarm, right? Being out of battery, I've seen trigger people and like repetitive. That's part of why it was like Chinese water torture. This repetitive, consistent, rhythmic thing. You get your body clock kind of tuned to it. I know this sounds crazy. I'm just trying to put my my my... The whole only talking to the father thing is weird. It's Boomer. He's a Boomer. He's just like he's on Boomer's <laughs> say like daylight savings time to where mm-hmm. through the as the years of his life go on, you know, the, the time is going. It's going to be 5 p.m. next year. So you do not negotiate with terrorists of basketball practice. He's he's not a true. You, you know, um, fight the man. Yeah, no, I, I I can understand I the you. the discussion could go you. like help me understand what about this is bothering you, and if they were like you know I right. you know have this right. background or conditions that you know cause this to be a big trigger for me and react in a, in a, a negative way. Okay, I'm more I'm more perceptive to that if they're just like this is <laughs> I'm trying to have my dinner <laughs> like I don't know put play some music uh, put on some Sinatra old man I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> when when your temper tantrum is this is basically Russia, you're basically yeah. Russia. Stop yeah, that. You might you might take that. Uh, your voice was much. I, I really appreciated the Tom. We should take that Tom voice and throw it into the intro <laughs> of the podcast. Oh, <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll do that one day. But today is not that day. But I I appreciate you for bringing this to my attention. OP, you're not an it asshole. It was labeled not as not an I'm certain of it. In their, uh, their labeling. Yep. I would say, yeah, good. It's fair. I, I would mm. say pick up dribbling um, dribbling drills <laughs> and uh, walk back and forth up your street, you know? <laughs> Annoy the whole street Bringing instead the of just that one neighbor. It's such a dumb comparison. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. <Yeah>. Man. <laughs> All right, Tim, anything else you got this week? We are going to try and record again next week. It's too, probably like a a pod or two, like preview. I, I just don't <laughs> want to preview this team. I'm sorry. Uh, Trent Brown's fine. We, yeah, it's we have a cool. lot of guys nice. that I'm kind of lukewarm on. And when putting together a rotation map, I think there are some real questions. And so I would like to go through, I don't know if it's position by position Mm -hmm. or maybe just a like player versus player, but have some nice, well-spirited debate over maybe like, 
JTA versus Stanley Johnson or Troy Brown Jr. versus Lonnie Walker or things things of that nature. Have a little bit of fun with it because I, I, I do think there's some merit to either player in either situation and and even Trey, uh, Thomas Bryant versus Damian Jones. And, you know, if you to go if you were to go one way versus the other, what does that hinge on? Because um, I think those are questions the team itself is going to shortly be and are probably already trying to figure out. So let's put ourselves into their mind. Um, oh my god, I just saw the uh, the am I the asshole like uh, picture at the top of the page? The O. <laughs> you see the O an asshole. It's um the shape is funny. It's an asshole. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's an asshole. Sorry, I, we're we're gonna talk about the team. We're going to talk about the team one of these days. You know, trades time never, you derailed never yourself. Stopped, we'll, we'll transition at some point because the season's yeah. approaching. I don't know how close exactly it is, but it's getting there. Yep. Training camp will be here soon. As always, if you like our pod, want to get in our Discord, send us a screenshot of a five-star review on your uh, listening podcast player of choice and send it to tim or i in the dms of twitter or instagram and we will send you the discord link got a bunch of tiers you can subscribe for extra content tim's been dropping bonus pods um uh, talk about what have you been I, talking I about the, lately on, weddings, on the bonus but even when pods, i do tim. that i'm in the discord itself and chatting with people but on the next bonus pod we have one last uh q a and at the end of it i'm gonna sing which i've been <laughs> been putting off uh, but but I, I need to finally do it. So that's going to happen in the next week, unfortunately. Um, so, so you know, hop in there, some good content, really, you know, digging in and, and answering the questions thoroughly and thoughtfully and, uh, you know, trying to give the folks some good perspective. So check that out because uh, that's a good time. And, uh, you know, the Discord community has been, been a lot of fun. It continues to grow, having a lot of really good content in there. And, uh, you know, hearing the rumors fly around, the potential trade things, uh, you know, running polls in there, having good debate. Um, it's, it's a fun group. It's a good time. Um, Tim, somebody, somebody's going to have to clip that so we can put it on the main feed just so all the listeners Absolutely. can no, hear it. You just wait, Tom. Uh, you know, that, that, it's definitely going to happen. It's definitely, that's what my sources are telling me. <laughs> good stuff mm. i can't wait to hear it and uh, i never can't win. wait to it's beat a, you in fact. more bets this year because you never win have i have i ever won it's statistically impossible oh okay you have but it was a, a private oh, right, bet. right right i think you okay. won a yeah a no college we haven't football i bet. have won zero this is like last year though podcast. I think um, it's it's a statistical anomaly. It's great. It's great. <laughs> Take that for data. Okay, we've gone over. Uh, we will be back next week. Until then, we'll talk to you guys later. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.